1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Milzoff, senior editor at Billboard and musical theater expert here. So, at the end of 2016, the year was winding down. Those of us who read theater reviews were following the critics' best-of-year lists that were coming out. And, of course, Dear Evan Hansen, at that time, was dominating and would continue to through Tony season. But in December, this off-Broadway musical called The Band's Visit came along, and basically everybody was like, wait a minute, rewind. This is a show that is pretty close to perfect. Where did it come from? It was really unlike any musical I had ever seen before, in large part because it was really low-key, even quiet. It was based on an Israeli film that was equally low-key and quiet, with a plot that in which really very little happens uh, that seems consequential. There was one character who even basically doesn't sing at all until the very end of the show, and yet after almost every song, I found that I was laughing or on the verge of tears or some attractive combination of the two, where I was looking at my friend who came with me going, oh my God, what is happening in this theater right now? It's amazing. A big part of what makes it so memorable is the music, which is this gorgeous Middle Eastern influence score by the composer David Yazbek, uh, who actually comes from a background of playing in rock bands and recording pop albums as an artist in his own right prior to his musical theater career. Anyway, I could gush about this show for a long time, but happily, it is about to open on Broadway, so I will let the podcast guest on today's episode do it instead, and that is Yazbek himself and a few stars of the cast of The Band's Visit.
2: Stick a pin in the map of the desert, build a road to the middle of the desert, pour cement on the spot in the desert,
0: that's Beta Tikva. welcome. Since this is one big, happy, loud family in one room, I feel like maybe you should all tell the world who you are, people. Who are you? And tell us a little bit about who you play in the show, since your characters are all rather distinct, including the one sitting across from me. (laughs) Yeah, that forces her to say something. (laughs) Uh, I'm Katrina Lenk,
2: and I play Dina, who is the cafe owner of the town in Betatikva where the show takes place. Yeah.
1: My name is, I'm going to use this voice because I'm on a podcast. <laughs> My name is Adam Cantor, and I play telephone guy in The Band's Visit. Don't
3: you want to say anything? Oh, about the character with a great um, deal of gravity. He yeah. is a, a guy
1: uh, at a telephone. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, uh, I love the character. He, he's, he's waiting for a, a phone call very, very diligently um, for the entirety of the show. Uh, and I don't want to give away what happens, but something happens.
4: A meteor hits him at the end of the show. <laughs> a big ending. And then... <laughs> it's a quiet show, but it ends with a really good
0: big ending. It ends with <laughs> a bang.
3: Which... Oh, okay. Did you say who you were? No, I'm going to do it now. Okay. I'm George Aboud, and I play Kamel in the show. And Kamel is at once terrified and suave and... I think I relate very much to this.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm David Yazbek. I wrote everything, every word, every note. Uh, really, all the lighting cues, uh, the props were created by my hand. I sell the tickets.
0: <laughs> You're the crazy man on the street outside the theater. Yes, You're everyone. I am. <laughs> so... For, since I think that this is this is based on a movie um that I think a lot of people haven't seen. those of us who have seen it, it's wonderful. But um maybe one of you can just give listeners a general idea of what the story is in the first place before we talk about it more. I mean, you wrote everything, Yazbek, so you should.
4: <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it. I want to hear what you have to say.
2: About it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, the the plot would be uh, this Egyptian ceremonial. Police Orchestra, Alexandria Ceremonial Police Orchestra from Egypt, comes to this town in Israel to do a performance, and they find out that they've come to the wrong town. And there's no way to get out of this town until the morning, so they have to spend the night, and the locals in this town in Israel take them in. That's the plot.
0: And you'll leave the theater emotionally wrecked, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it doesn't sound like you will. (laughs) And the
3: impetus for the whole show is that Arabs don't have the letter P in their alphabet. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I never thought of it that way.
3: That's ex- that's the whole show. That's like, the MacGuffin. If they're like, we need to go to Petach Tikva. They're like, here's your tickets. and Then we close. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, the part of the conceit is that these the the Egyptians don't speak. I mean, sorry, the Egyptians don't speak Hebrew, and the Israelis don't speak Arabic. So the way they communicate is through uh, English, and nobody feels comfortable in this language. So mm-hmm. then various hijinks ensue.
0: So were you, were you all familiar with the film before you signed on? Or what made you think, ah, oh, this will be a wonderful musical?
3: No. Oh, to <laughs> the first question. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> <laughs> Notable. know about. No, I was not familiar with the film. I heard that the show was happening almost two and a half years ago. Uh, I saw that it was going to be a new show about an Arabic band. And that got me very excited because, first of all, there's very few shows that concern Arabic characters and Arabic music. And I come from a family of Lebanese musicians. And so I was very thrilled about the idea that maybe Arabic music might be incorporated into some kind of story and that I might be able to use my background and my culture in an American musical. But no, I had not seen the film.
1: I had not seen the film either. I did a reading of it a few years ago, and another reading of it, and uh, I've loved watching it evolve. Um, my, a big interest of mine was essentially, how do you make a musical that is seemingly very, very naturalistic, and uh, on paper might be described as a musical in which uh, very little, quote unquote, happens, but underneath it, of course, a lot happens.
4: Had you seen the movie?
2: Did you see it? Uh, yeah, I forgot the question. Uh, <laughs> n- no. I did not know anything about it until the audition came through and then I was like, "Ooh, I need to watch the movie. And I watched the movie and just fell in love with it instantly and was so curious how it would be turned into a musical because it's so much about what people don't say and about stillness and awkwardness. And uh, I was very excited when I heard the music and saw like how it was able to actually be told in a musical setting. Mm-hmm how many times did you watch the movie just once um i think once during the auditions and then maybe one other time during callbacks and then i was like i can't i can't watch it anymore because i i loved it so much and i loved it. i didn't <laughs> want to just you know there's that challenge of do you refer to the movie or do you copy do you not do the movie that all that right
4: but yet you know, when we went to <laughs> george and i and katrina were in israel like a month ago, so I was, was not a, invited. On no, that Adam trip. was not invited. His voice wasn't <laughs> mellifluous enough.
3: He, he was cast several
4: days ago. <laughs> um, but we, when we were there, the, we did that little sort of concert, and then they sh- they showed
2: mm-hmm. the whole
4: movie or parts of it. I, I
2: don't uh, parts of it in reference to the songs that we sang. I think. How did that
4: feel? I mean, like we'd been working on the show for a while, and then you're, there you are, sort of being forced to watch pieces of the movie that had the character.
2: I mean, I, I loved it because I love to watch the movie, right. and I love Renit Elkabet so much, and I love to watch her work, and it was a specific experience to watch it with Israelis who are from the town, that the town in the movie is based on, so it we was- We were in
4: the town, we were literally in the town where the movie was shot.
0: Wow. Yeah. We did a,
4: a little concert there.
0: I was gonna say, there's an international band visit promo tour happening? <laughs> is it there was, Christmas? there was. <laughs> That's sort of what it was,
4: right? I mean, you know, on a small scale.
0: a very, very tiny Israeli scale. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the most important question for you, David. I mean, you saw this story where did you immediately think this is something that I can make music for or did it take time to acclimate to the idea that you could make it happen?
4: Um, I knew it was something I could make music for, uh, but I wasn't sure it was something that would make a musical. Uh, So it took me a little while to sort of come around. But the thing that, one of the big pulls for me was what Adam said which is how do you take this the, there's a very specific and unique uh, tone to the movie and a and a unique I use the word currency too much but a currency to the, to the movie that involves silence and sort of the rhythm of silence and sound and music and um, also this uh, desire not to do the obvious button pushing that, that uh, you can do dramatically um, in a story, especially in a musical. Um, and when I spoke to Itamar Moses, who wrote the, the book uh, very early on, that's all we talked about, was can we honor that tone in a musical? And when we both realized that we were wanted to do the same thing, that's when I said yes. I didn't know if it would work, but I knew that we'd both be at least
1: rowing the boat in the same direction
4: mm-hmm. can
1: I ask at what point you felt like oh this actually is kind of working out ask me in like two weeks <laughs> <you>
4: know, <laughs> before we <laughs> open yeah, 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 no no <laughs> no
1: I knew uh, <clears throat> there was a point it, it was
4: rocky for a while and not not with Itamar Itamar and I really knew what we wanted and the producer of the show Orrin Wolf, um, in a very unlike many many producers really had a, a vision for it that That he stuck with, and it's the same vision that we had. So I knew that it was working out between Edomar and I, and I think when we did our first, our second reading, where there were most many of the songs, and I think we realized as soon as you start hearing like crying and sobbing, you realize okay something's working. But it wasn't until about two weeks before we opened off Broadway that it really felt like this is we were really getting what we wanted in terms of that tone. Did you feel that too, George? Like when you were did did it click for you at some point or were you since
3: you were on stage was it too No, uh, it's, I think it was very different and I really hadn't I don't think many of us had any idea how it was going to be received. And I think when people that you respect in the business like other composers or other good actors were telling you like, "Oh, there was something there. It was really meaningful to them then that made me go oh maybe we have something here because (laughs) each of i i felt something very strongly about the piece and but i was like are other people gonna get that arabs say b instead of p and (laughs) all these 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 beautiful like arabic kind of songs that are very grand and poetic and beautiful and Haunting or are they going to be like, where's the dancing, where's the kitchen spoon banging against a pot for 10 minutes? Turn
4: out, turn out!
3: Turn out! <coughs> but no, d- during The Atlantic I was like, okay, people like it, so I- and I liked it already, so I guess that's what we need. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Were you all very familiar with David's music before this, and if so, was what he put forth for the band's visit what you were expecting? Because to me this is very different from David's former work.
4: I love this question because <laughs> it assumes that you guys were listening to my music.
1: I feel like there's definitely, you. It's like yes and no. I feel like in ways it's unlike anything I've heard of yours, and then of course there's like signature, yes Becky and Flares. That you just you can sort of feel.
0: What is a yes Becky and Flair? Oh I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's very it, it. It's very each song is very character specific. Like I think it's very true to each character. And it really? has a unique sense of fun that David carries with him. Um, it's funny. That's a as a he- unique has sense of fun. No, I mean, it's like funny. Audu- audiences are like g- like belly laughing at a lot of these. I try to mm-hmm. carry that
4: sense of fun into the bedroom, but my wife doesn't <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> but am um, too. Sorry.
3: Yeah, what it, else? Isn't that huge? I mean, That's when you... Just use that as a take. I, I, I saw that coming. I'm just, just going to say text small text phrases and then just piece them after you have I'm sorry. no <laughs> I'm sorry. but isn't I mean you, you learn a lot about lyric writing and I've, I love musical theater very much and idiot, y- y- idiot. <laughs> but Yazbek really can make people laugh with his lyrics and few people can do it as well the people mm-hmm. truly laugh they're not like ah you know they're, just, they're, frick, <laughs> nice they're try they're laughing like it was a joke in a, like somebody landed a good joke in a scene just from the lyric that's set in the music the way he said it no one's like pulling something out or trying to rephrase something or doing something funny on top of it it's the lyric itself set the way he said it and it's truly funny and I think that's extraordinary
4: that's why I'm bald George because it so takes so much work to do that that I've just lost so many hairs over it I'm not kidding was I mean, it, it, it worth it was it worth it yes it was worth it to make you laugh it was worth thank it thank you you with your big full head of Lebanese hair
0: <laughs> there's a there's a strong Lebanese presence in this musical
3: yes that was very important to me uh, <laughs> when I was casting this <laughs> show Lebanese uh. but there's a big I mean it's a Sem-
4: it's a Semitic presence I mean it's like everybody right. looks the same <laughs> all the Jews and Lebanese and, and everything but I want to hear what you thought about my music <laughs> before uh, um, I
2: mean, well I had the pleasure of getting to see you perform at 54 Below with your band and when you performed with us um Yes, but I was... When I could sit and watch and listen was... Because um, I heard songs that are not your... Not what you would usually write for musicals. And then I was like, oh! Oh, this is... This is where these songs are coming from. The the ones from Band's Visit are more in, in that, that, that side of the writing. So there's influence from, like... There's R&B, there's jazz, there's rock. Um, just, like... Uh, just this... What is this I'm doing with my hands? There's like a cornucopia Pocophony. of like uh, <laughs> of sounds that are um, so good and so pleasing. And, oh, uh, I'm glad
4: I, I'm glad we we came around to
2: you. On this Go <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> go on. Go on. Um, and you <clears> mentioned <throat> this before that the songs for the band's visit are more like what you would write for an album as opposed to uh, for a music theater piece. Yeah,
4: and, in terms of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and uh, stylistically. Uh, so I just, I love it, just love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. that's good. Good work, yeah. Made my good day. Good work.
3: No I one did. else could have. No one else could have written the score. No one else could have written the score. I don't think any of the of your contemporaries Yaz, or any of the the new kid writers, or any of the old writers, like have like the cultural currency. Ooh, thank you. Wow. Ding. New, new word to me. It's getting very <laughs>
0: NPR, very thank fast. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> I,
3: would not have had that that sense to 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 write any of this and i think the important thing is how much he has a respect for all music across the board mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how he has su- he's so literate in all these different versions of music and him and i talk a lot about how the most important thing for like an artist is go listen, go listen to everything, learn about everybody's culture, about everybody's point of view, listen to the greats of anything, weird music, Eastern music, Western music, classical music, contemporary rock, jazz, folk, everything. And it all comes through his unique sense of fun. Um, (laughs) I should just take each one of your phrases and piece it into
1: (laughs) one. Let's not
3: edit any of this
4: part of the interview. I think so. That's just my suggestion.
3: (laughs) But Yazbek's Lebanese, as it says in all the articles. Uh-huh. And, I, and I love that he's Lebanese because I'm Lebanese. I love Lebaneseness. And I don't think anyone else could have wrote Omar Sharif and had the sense that that song, when I hear that song every night, and me and Osama, who's another, who's an Egyptian guy who's in our... Uh, Cast as well. We're in the orchestra at that time because we're not in that scene, and we put our we put the headphones on, and we just immerse ourselves in the first two verses of that song before we have to play, and it's just thrilling because he able he's able to say what we feel, and it's how important that Um Kulthum, who's the great Egyptian singer, that the song is about and how that style of music and that the storytelling of that kind of music in that era how much that means to like our blood and our flesh and our soul and our heart and how it just kind of like makes us come alive and how it inspires us and keeps us going and that's what i feel those lyrics are saying how <coughs> this music is important to that woman when she's when she's singing about like no i know about these people yada yada
0: yeah, well, I, I mean, this is a, a, a beautiful song in the show that Katrina sings, and can you tell people a little bit about it since nobody's heard it yet?
2: Well, I think George did a really good job of telling about the song. Do you mean, like, the setup of, like, what? Yeah, just happening? a little bit about the setup and what you're singing about, yeah. Um, it comes from an attempt to get Tufik, who's the head of the... Egyptian ceremonial police orchestra to come out of his shell a little bit, and so Dina's asking him like, "So, what do you play?" What's, uh, and he mentions that this orchestra plays classical Arabic music, and instantly Dina's like, "Oh, oh, like Um Kulthum, who's this great Egyptian singer?" And then so they they find they have this common ground of uh, love for this music, and then she sings this song. Um, kind of uh, to explain to him how much Umm means to her of course and Omar Sharif and how it like brings her back to uh, fond memories with her mom and, and her childhood and feeling safe and inspired and excited to be alive and so this song is kind of about that and she weaves this mm, sort of I guess m- memory of the the meaning of Umm to to Tufik and
4: I, you know, we're doing a lot of stroking, but <laughs> the vo- <coughs> Katrina's voice on that song is just like you could not pick the, a better performance for that song, mm-hmm. and which is why I can listen to it every night. usually usually I have to really dole out how often I listen to my
1: songs,
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, like once a week, you know, but I'm but <coughs> I'm always there for Tum.
0: Well, that's, I mean, many, many months after having seen the show, that song is still in my head, which is, I think, kind of incredible, because I feel like the songs in the show are not at all what we think of as traditional musical theater songs that, like, verse, chorus, verse, ta-da, and um, they they all have that quality of so much Middle Eastern music that is, like, sort of hypnotic and, like, (coughs) you know has a circular feel and like weaves in and out of your brain i think and i guess i wasn't expecting that to necessarily stick with me but i, I anytime i like think of the show that song immediately comes into my head um and these are these are songs that are, are really structurally interesting some of them sort of some i mean this song i think is maybe one that's more of a traditional structure but some of them just sort of feel like they meander. I mean, were you consciously thinking like this is something I want to play with like as I'm going as I'm writing these songs? Or?
4: you know, it, it, they the songs the 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 piece and the songs just suggested it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of what I do is subtractive, you know? I'll like I'll do something and I'll then realize, oh, I went too far and then I'll pull back or or you know, oh, this rhyme scheme sounds like there's an there's a lyricist writing it, so f- forget it. You know, I'm not going to care about the rhymes this time, you mm-hmm. know. Or, yeah, so there isn't like an intellectual p- formula going in to a song um, at li- on this show. But, you know, you're dealing in a a, a very rich um, tradition, a musical tradition, that not just so-called classical Arabic music, but um, you know, later sort of pop versions of music, but then all the way to Northern African stuff. The forms of those traditions suggest, m- make their own suggestions about s- song form. Um, that's, that's what I was saying, you know, like, but it's interesting if you listen to them, a lot of the songs have, i realized this recently, like have a, a bridge. you know like have (laughs) like a a conventional bridge you know like not conventionally you know 16 bars or 8 bars but um, yeah so I'm still still got that pop songwriter thing
3: there's also something structure wise like about Omar Sharif in particular Mm -hmm. that's really akin to Arabic music there's um they like to say about... They call them long-form songs. There's, there's there's like, short songs, which might be three or four minutes, and then there's the long-form songs. like, the Umm Kulthum's, like, grand concerts, or Farid al atrash or Abdul Halim, the great singer's long concert. And the songs would be anywhere between, like, 30, 40 minutes to an hour and a half, one song. Whoa. And the songs would... Someone described it in that docu- in the Umm Kulthum documentary about, like, Um Kulthum would... Um, take off on the runway in a plane and then she would it would just be an, a slow steady increase and then just get up to the great height and then she would just smoothly land it back down and that's what i think yeah. omar sharif does especially in that b section i really feel like i think that the, is classic i think Arab. the whole show is like a
4: long arabic yeah. song that i mean I, that's yeah. a really good way of seeing yeah. i see this show as a piece of music not through composed the book the performances the silences um it's all it's all feels like one big long arabic song um it's an interesting way of looking at it right i mean you know um and those um when you watch the concerts you know some of those things the audience goes crazy Mm -hmm. i mean they know what they're in for you know and then they get it and then they're just like over the top um Which I'm hoping that's what happens at our show.
0: Not sure I can get any more profound than that. Um, Well, I think of the three of you as all having, you know, done a lot of contemporary musical theater. It's not like you're coming to the band's visit from, like, Oklahoma. Um, (laughs) So, you know, you've all worked with composers who are alive, I'm pretty sure. Um, But still, this show is very different, and that stillness, the quietness, the way that the silences are part of the music, um, I think is a huge part of that. As actors, is that a challenge to kind of pull back in that way is it refreshing (laughs) yes
1: yes, for sure i mean the 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 song that i sing at the end which is beautiful songs called answer me and it's um it's profoundly simple it's seemingly simple there's a lot beneath it but it, it requires a certain um I don't know, focus and stillness, just like the rest of the piece, but vocally and musically. And that's something I'm still finding. And I remember <laughs> in the audition, I was, you know, I did like my first pass at it, and David was like, stop being a good singer. Like, you were like, you know, something like, you're a good singer, stop it. <laughs> like, you know, so it's just, it's a, it's like pull back, Louise. It's like, you know, a I a lot didn't, of pull. And I didn't mean stop being a, a yeah. good singer, I just meant stop being a trained singer yeah like all the tricks yeah. and turn it's like it's just getting to a, a level of just of authenticity really that that feels correct for this piece as opposed to like you know tricks and turns and acrobatics it's like just pure pure sound
0: and how hard is that when you really you haven't been singing for the whole show basically right
1: yeah it's it's it is a weird thing i sort of <laughs> i have my own little <laughs> where do you do
0: of, your vocal warm-up
1: <laughs> yeah i have my moments I know I can't give it away because then they'll tell me to stop. <laughs> but <laughs> That's I do. I have, I have weird things that I do. Uh, yeah, to, to prep for that moment. Yeah. I think the, the consistent thing of this is that it always, it, it never wants to feel like. And now we're singing. Like it always comes from, from the piece or from from the people. It's it. You know the, the way that um, a song will creep in is just that. It's it's not like now we're in a musical number it's like no it's all it's 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 very much from the scene itself too so it always wants to feel somewhat you know in the realm of naturalism the realm of people communicate you know trying to communicate mm-hmm. with one
0: another no it like it almost seems to spring from the dialogue in a way it's all like one kind of continuous thread sort of um well I I've encountered the challenge of like trying to describe to people what is so wonderful about this show and I usually just find myself getting choked up and being like, God, ah, this is great, just go. Like I don't know what to say. Buy a premium um, ticket. Buy a premium ticket, <laughs> please. <laughs> <For April. laughs> and I like I I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, I find myself being like this is like the Hamilton of this year this is like the Dear Evan Hansen of this year and by that I don't mean it's like a huge blockbuster musical but it is the show that feels like it's reinventing further what a musical can be and feels like it's something really original and different and it's not trying to throw its differentness in your face but like it's I mean it just, you leave the theater being like, what just happened to me? (laughs) Like, I don't know. So I mean what do you all think is what ultimately makes this so compelling and like makes people feel so emotionally like wrecked at the end even though there are many moments of humor it's not well it's also you're, you're sad
4: it, you're, you might feel emotionally wrecked but you also people are like yelling and in, in joy at the end too because you we have this these great musicians playing this little mini concert at the end yes know, and, we should mention
0: we, the actual band in the band's <laughs> visit yeah. it's a pretty amazing band
4: yeah um, I, I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you guys think about that question
1: I mean at, at its core it's like it's, it's about it's about people from seemingly disparate backgrounds just c- trying to communicate you know just human communication at like a fundamental level and how difficult that can be how rewarding it can be um, and it's about reaching out a hand in the darkness and, and and hoping for, you know, connection, which is something that is so universal and deeply felt, I think, by anybody. Uh, what else, guys? I don't know.
3: Um, and then I said, um, there, there's a line in the show. It's the first and the last line. It says, uh, yada, yada, something happened. This Egypt, uh, Egyptian band came to town and you probably didn't hear about it. It wasn't very important. And I really... I've b- been struck by a lyric from an Um Kulthum song a classical Arabic song um, whose title I will not say because it might make people descend into giggles too late but
2: <laughs>
3: but, there, but there's a beautiful lyric and it really ma- I'm like that's what this show is and the lyric goes I'm translating in my head as I think about it and it goes it came as a whisper f- out of nowhere And changed me. Why? Why did they tell me this? And that's what I really think about this show. Is like, not much happens, um, but you, but you leave, and you definitely feel very affected by this whisper of a show. And yeah,
0: that's so true. I think that's the best way to put it.
4: That might actually. (laughs) That might even be a roomy like come. Directly from Rumi, like she might, because it, it sounds a lot like a quote from the Sufi poet Rumi as well.
3: It could be. I mean, because all the songs were grand poems. Because there weren't, they didn't call them lyricists. They called the there was the poet, and the poet would compose the entire poem, and then it would be, and then the composer right. would set it. Uh, uh, I,
4: I think, I think the most important things that that happen uh, in this you know, this, on this plane are happen in silence. Like the most important lessons you can learn, the, the most important connection that you can make, that silence is a big part of it, it comes not not in the cacophony of noise and entertainment and uh, activity. Uh, so that's so, you know, I think that's what that quote speaks to.
3: Activity is a very good word in this case. Compared to like our show is about like the stillness and the sp and space between things between small events and it seems a lot of other shows are more about activity to activity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's about all the waiting that you do in life. <laughs> it's
3: about this waiting, which Oren said a nice thing. The waiting is kind of it's kind of related to a hopefulness that each of the character has some some form of hope, and that's what you wouldn't wait unless there was something to wait for. Mm-hmm. You'd just be like, well, that's it.
4: Unless you were in a Beckett play.
3: Unless you were in a Beckett play. Can you hear me 94? <laughs>
0: you. That's
4: a visual joke that no one's going to get, but that's okay.
0: And the show. You should just do nothing
3: but visual jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> visual jokes on a podcast. Well, this is not a Beckett play. It is a wonderful musical, and thank you all for coming. It's great to talk to you. Thanks, Thanks for having me so thank much.
2: Thank you. My mother and I would sit there in a trance. He was cool to the mayor, oh, the of romance.
0: Sunday
2: morning,
0: The band's visit opens on Broadway at the Ethel Barrymore Theatre on November 9th. And later this year, keep an eye out, there's going to be a cast album that will be released on Ghostlight Records. If you'd like to read more about David Yazbek and to hear a bit from Tony Shalhoub, one of the stars of the show, I actually wrote a piece about the show um, that is in this week's print edition of Billboard and it's up on Billboard.com right now. As usual, if you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please subscribe and give us lots of stars and nice reviews on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff, and you can always use hashtag Billboard on Broadway if you want to tweet about the podcast and hope to have you back next week. Blah, 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 blah.